Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us. Most of the province is dealing with a major February blast of winter and will be for the next few days. Temperatures uncomfortably cold pretty much everywhere, but the change in the weather comes as the biggest shock to the south coast. Probably not that surprising. Our Sarah McDonald is live in the Fraser Valley tonight, which is taking the brunt of it. Sarah. Well, Sophie, uncomfortably cold is even a bit of an understatement tonight. You can see just how strong the winds are blowing out here in the Fraser Valley. Combined this wind with bitterly cold temperatures and these conditions are potentially deadly. This isn't your average winter windstorm on the south coast. And this is far from typical for our normally tepid province, which has largely been spared by the blast of winter battering much of the country until now. Windy, it'd be fine, but right now the wind is very uh, biting. The issue isn't so much the snow as it is the wind, blowing so strong and so bitterly cold. Parts of the Fraser Valley feel more like Winnipeg or Whitehorse. Temperatures with wind chill reaching minus 20 on Monday, closing schools and leaving thousands of customers without power. What are you doing in your car? Working. And hydro crews spending the day scrambling to restore it. It's pretty cold out here. Um, it's a little chilly. The, the actual temperature is not so bad, but when that wind picks up, it gets pretty cold. A couple of layers of long johns, then a thick sweater, smaller jacket, heavy jacket. Hope for the best. Though for locals like Faith, these conditions aren't just an inconvenience, but potentially a matter of life and death. A little too cold for the outside. <laughs> this senior, among many others who typically be sleeping on the streets, now seeking refuge and shelter from the bitter cold in emergency shelters, opening their doors across the region. I thank God every day that, that they're here because it would be really bad. It's bone chilling. It's extremely cold, uh, hard to get used to, and to sleep in, real bad. In fact, the last time we felt a wind chill this wicked was 2013. All that Arctic air funneling towards the coast from the interior relentless as the mercury plummets. I was hoping for uh, a nice transition into February and it didn't happen. The south coast finally getting that taste of winter many thought we might have missed. A nice transition into February. This certainly is not. So bundle up and keep those extra layers handy. These freezing temperatures and this wind are stubborn and expected to stick around for days to come. In fact, officials out here in the Fraser Valley are urging residents not to go outside in these conditions unless they absolutely have to. Chris Sophie. All right, go inside, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> 
Wow. Well, yesterday's high winds left boat owners in House Sound with a costly mess on their hands. At least nine boats were destroyed at the Lions Bay Marina when the wind whipped up devastating waves. Some boats were smashed up against the rocks. Others swamped or overturned. The storm also eroded the shoreline. Fisheries and Oceans and the Coast Guard are all involved in the cleanup. Even in central B.C., where residents are a lot more accustomed to the cold, they're experiencing unusually frigid conditions. The temperature dipping to between minus 30 and minus 40 with the wind chill. People are being warned against spending too much time outside and to take precautions if they're traveling. It's only expected to warm up to about minus 20 for the rest of the week there. And it's cold enough in Victoria to partially freeze the fountain outside the B.C. legislature. The temperature today felt like minus 8 with the wind chill, and that definitely kept Keith Baldry off the golf course. We'll talk to him a little bit later on. But right now, the good news is we are going to get a little break. Not quite yet, however. Christy Gordon is live at the Robson Square Ice Rink with an early look ahead. Christy. That's right. Not for a, quite a while, actually, Chris. People making use of the winter weather here, but I'll tell you, according to Roger, one of our weather watchers out in Chilliwack, this is a cold. Today was the coldest February 4th since 1899, and tomorrow is going to be even colder. Here's a look at the temperatures that you are going to experience overnight and through the early morning hours tomorrow. Wind chills out in Abbotsford close to minus 15, and if you're further east in the Fraser Valley, close to minus 20, you'll feel that up in Whistler as well. That's with the wind chill. And across Metro Vancouver, early in the morning when the kids are all heading to school, minus 8 to minus 11. When I come back, we'll show you that break, but it's not for a long ways off, uh, Chris. But I'll show you when it might finally come. All right. There's always hope. Thanks, Christy. The Transportation Safety Board has launched an investigation into a deadly train derailment near the Alberta border. It happened near the community of Field. Three crew members killed when their locomotive plunged 60 meters off a bridge. And dozens of grain cars leaving the tracks. Global's Nancy Hicks reports. Chris, Sophie, this is an extremely tragic situation. Three crew members are confirmed dead, and officials say they had only taken over the train a short distance away from the derailment site east of Field. CP Rail says it happened at 1 o'clock Monday morning. The freight train was westbound, and officials estimate the train fell more than 60 meters from a bridge. Two investigators from the Transportation Safety Board are on scene. Two more are working on this case from the Calgary office. The TSB says 40 to 60 grain cars are involved in this incident and the locomotive ended up in a river. According to Teamster Canada Rail Conference, the three people killed are believed to be a locomotive engineer, a conductor and a conductor trainee based out of Calgary. Two people were found unresponsive near the locomotive in the Kicking Horse River and the third was still inside. Parks Canada says they're still assessing the possible environmental impact and working with CP to facilitate the cleanup. In a statement from Canadian Pacific, the company sends its condolences and prayers to the family, friends and colleagues of the three people killed in this derailment. Near Field, BC, Nancy Hickst, Global News. And the three crew members who died have now been identified as conductor Dylan Parody, engineer Andrew Dockrell, and trainee Daniel Waldenberger-Bulmer. 
Well, it almost happened once, but could BC Play soon have a corporate name attached to it? Seven years after the Liberal government cancelled a deal with TELUS to rename the stadium, the New Democrats have given the green light to look at some new proposals. Keith Baldry is live in Victoria with more on this. And Keith, this kind of came out of the blue. Yeah, no hint or warning about this at all, Chris. And you're right, this brings back memories of that botched deal seven years ago uh, under the B.C. Liberals' watch in government when they walked away from a deal that was worth between 35 and $40 million with TELUS. Some concerns about the size of the TELUS sign at B.C. Place, whether B.C. should remain in, as part of the stadium name. That money was to be paid over 20 years. So this can be a lucrative deal for a government. Lisa Bear, the tourism minister today, not wanting to talk about past experiences, only wanting to look forward, which a deal she thinks could be of benefit to BC taxpayers. Well, I'm not going to talk about previous deals. I'm really excited to see what comes to the table. Uh, you know, BC Place is, a, is an iconic venue and a great opportunity for sponsorship. So we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. To add to the confusion, it's already known as Bell Pitch on the inside for Whitecaps <laughs> games. So let's, right. let's talk timeline and how much money might be at stake here, Keith. Yeah, so the BC Pavilion Corporation, which is government-owned, they're going to be overseeing the bidding process here. They're looking for requests for proposals. Uh, they're going to start uh, having companies make presentations in March. Uh, shortlist will be prepared in June. And then the winning entrant will be identified in July. Now, some companies are not eligible here. Alcohol and tobacco companies uh, can't, uh, can't participate in this. Uh, and they're looking for a company with regional, national, and international brand recognition. Uh, so, again, it could be worth a lot of money. Last time, 35 to $40 million paid over 20 years. We're probably talking about a similar sum of money for BC taxpayers as well in this case, Chris. So look for BC Place to be replaced sometime in summer by some corporate name. Before we even get ride sharing. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> no. All right, thanks, Keith. We're not going there. Yeah, no, we won't. It. No, we won't. Thank you. We are learning more tonight about the suspect arrested for allegedly shooting a transit police officer. Aaron MacArthur reports on those who knew Dayon Glasgow as a troubled teenager and also the statement issued today by the officer who was shot. Judging by the crime scene at the Scott Road Skytrain station, it was unclear how severely Constable Josh Harms was hurt. Five days later, the transit cop is in surgery, expected to make a full recovery after he was shot multiple times. He's got a positive attitude. Uh, he speaks uh, about returning to transit police, and uh, I think he's excited to do that. The only suspect in the shooting, Dan Glasgow, was identified almost immediately and seen fleeing the SkyTrain station. A weekend-long manhunt finally dug him up in a basement suite of a Burnaby fourplex Sunday. Cops on the megaphone saying, you're under arrest, exit the building. Dan Glasgow was raised in Halifax. As a teenager, he was an up-and-coming star in the amateur boxing ranks. Canadian champion. One of my goals is to be in the year 2004 Olympics. But just a few years later, he was serving time for manslaughter after an incident at a Surrey McDonald's close to the Scott Road station. In prison, he took to the web looking for women to correspond with. And he was given statutory release last October. Still on parole, Glasgow now facing the possibility of more charges once the Surrey RCMP wrap up their investigation. I think that the public and the police officers involved breathe a sigh of relief, as I know I'm sure Constable Josh Harms does as well, to know that this individual has been caught. In a statement on the TransLink website, Josh Harms thanks his family and the first responders who came to his aid Thursday night. It will be a long road to recovery and likely a long road to justice. 
Aaron MacArthur, Global News. The trial of one of B.C.'s most notorious alleged criminals began today in Vancouver. Jamie Bacon is accused of trying to arrange a hit on one of his own associates. Grace Key reports. Well, Jamie Bacon is accused of counseling to commit murder. The target was Dennis Karbovanik, an associate in the drug trade. And because of a publication ban, there are certain witness names and details of this case that can't be released. An opening statement, Crown says Bacon instructed an associate who can only be identified as CD to kill Karbovanik. Crown says Bacon wanted Karbovanik dead because he wasn't making as much money in the drug trade due to his use of Oxycontin and relations with young girls. And CD had agreed to the killing so he could be wiped of his debts to Bacon. According to Crown, Karbovanik was shot near a cul-de-sac in Mission on New Year's Eve 2008 but managed to escape despite his injuries. The gun was then thrown into a nearby creek. In early 2009, a toddler out for a walk with her mother found some bullets in that creek. And then nine years later, another young boy found the gun allegedly used in the shooting while he was playing in the creek. Now, this is a jury trial that's expected to last about 10 weeks. Sophie and Chris. All right. Thank you, Grace. Right now, though, another reminder tonight to put down that phone. A young woman is recovering from head injuries after she stepped into the path of a cab in Surrey. She never even saw it coming. And Catherine Urquhart has more on what happened, the dangers of distracted walking. Braving cold and snowy conditions Sunday night, first responders lift a 22-year-old woman onto a stretcher. She's extremely fortunate to be alive. Police believe she was distracted when she stepped off a curb right into the path of a taxi. Early indications are that the pedestrian may have been distracted uh, by an electronic device, maybe a cell phone, but that is still under investigation. The incident happened near Scott Road and 99th Avenue. The cab driver, cooperative, speed and alcohol not considered factors. The young woman will survive, but she has head injuries injuries that were easily preventable. Pedestrians who are distracted are somewhere near four times more likely to make a mistake in terms of their safety. Distracted pedestrians can be seen everywhere these days. They're walking, talking, texting, listening to music and not paying attention. We've all seen it. Some of us admit we've done it too. I've done it myself. You have? Oh yeah. What happened? I just saw my phone while walking across the street and almost getting hit by a car. Even if there are laws against it, people are going to still do it. It's like distracted driving. Preventable BC is working to educate the public, especially young people who are most likely to be distracted by their devices. The majority of pedestrian incidents are occurring among a young age group, 20 to 29-year-olds. The message for all of us, be alert, don't text and walk, look and listen, because in a collision with a vehicle, a pedestrian will never win. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Three men have been charged in a crash that seriously injured a 12-year-old Langley boy. Matt Pauls was riding his bike in October of 2017 when he was hit by a Mazda that blasted through a stop sign during a high-speed chase. 
following a theft at a construction site. 54-year-old David Batista is charged with dangerous driving causing bodily harm and failing to remain at the scene of an accident. 29-year-old Brandon Hulsema and 24-year-old Brady Hulsema are also charged with dangerous driving for allegedly chasing the Mazda before the crash. Pauls was critically injured and despite several surgeries, he still has a long road to recovery. A guilty plea in a poor Coquitlam courtroom from a B.C. man accused of assaulting a sex trade worker in 2013. And as Tanya Beja reports, Curtis Wayne Sagmoen is a central figure in at least two other police investigations. Curtis Egmon was originally charged with assault causing bodily harm, but today entered a guilty plea on the lesser charge of assault. His conviction follows a 2013 attack in Maple Ridge against a woman he met on Craigslist who was advertising escort and massage services. Segmon was sentenced to 30 days in prison but received credit for time already served. So he won't face any additional jail time in this case but is in custody facing other unrelated charges. Women's rights advocates who were at the hearing today were very unhappy with the outcome. Women have been let down and when offenders want to go out and offend against women and there is a precedent such as this, that's going to allow for offenders to go ahead and feel that they can quickly and easily get away with violent acts against women and there's not going to be very many penalties. Segmon has two other court cases pending, one involving assault charges, another involving alleged firearms offences, and the victims in those cases are all women involved in the sex trade. Now, back in 2017, police searched the Salmon Arm property belonging to Segmon's parents. That's where they discovered the remains of 18-year-old Tracy Genero. Although her death was deemed suspicious, no charges have been laid in that case. Sophie and Chris, back to you. All right, thank you, Tanya. Well, how often do you check your credit report? Exactly. If, like Chris <laughs> and myself, the answer is never. Our Consumer Matters reporter, Andrea, has some advice for you. That's right. And Anne, this starts with a woman who struggled to get her good credit mm. rating back after unknowingly becoming a victim of fraud. Yeah, it's really a shocking story. And she struggled for well over a year. Thanks, you too. The consequences of a negative credit rating can be damaging. A Williams Lake resident knows that fact far too well. She was a victim of identity theft and it was impacting her credit rating. She tried to resolve the issue on her own, but eventually turned to Consumer Matters for help. Alison Ruwalt goes through her mountain of paperwork, evidence of an exhausting process to clear her negative credit rating. This has been one of the most frustrating experiences in my life. I felt like I was a ping pong ball. The frustration started when someone took out a Chevron gas card in Allison's name. She had no idea she was a victim of identity theft until she was advised by her bank when she went to apply for a mortgage to purchase property in May of 2017. I had absolutely no idea. Turns out the fraudsters did not pay the gas card bill and Allison was on the hook. Her credit rating indicating she owed just over $200. Allison called Synchrony Financial, who had issued the Chevron gas card, and consumer credit reporting agencies Equifax and TransUnion. She also notified RCMP. 
In June 2017, Ellison says Synchrony Financial confirmed the card was indeed fraudulent and she was not responsible for the charges. TransUnion eventually removed the fraudulent card from her credit account. But clearing the matter with Equifax? A far different story. I just kept hitting that wall and that was the part that was really frustrating about it. She says for 18 months, she emailed and called Equifax repeatedly, trying to clear the negative credit rating. With no results, she turned to Consumer Matters for help. When Andrew and Consumer Matters uh, were able to help people, I really felt that this was a place I had to finally turn to. In one day of contacting Equifax on Allison's behalf, the matter was resolved. Her credit report returned to good standing. I had a phone call from... A very nice woman from Equifax who was as equally as appalled as I was that this situation took so long. The Credit Counseling Society says becoming a victim of fraud can potentially have serious consequences if it's not caught right away. It's going to have a negative impact on their credit rating and their credit score to the point where the fact the person may find it difficult to, to apply for and receive additional credit in the future until this has been resolved. And typically, the longer it goes unnoticed, the more damaging it is. Allison knows the damage it can cause far too well. Her time now spent returning her life back to normal. Now, Equifax would not elaborate due to privacy, but says upon further review, it was determined miscommunication issues with the card issuer and Equifax contributed to the delay in resolving this case. Meantime, the Credit Counseling Society says it's a good idea to check your credit report once or twice a year to make sure all the information is accurate and you are not the victim of fraud. And if you have a consumer issue for me, there's my email address at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. All right, and thank you very much. Now, one of the longest-serving municipal politicians in B.C., and in fact in Canada, has died. The town of Port McNeil announcing on its Facebook page that former mayor Jerry Fernie passed away at the age of 85. Fernie was born in Ireland, but came to B.C. to work in the forest industry. He served on Port McNeil's council for 46 years, 39 of them as mayor before retiring in 2014. Current Mayor Gabby Wickstrom says Fernie was larger than life, but approachable and kind. And our thoughts, of course, are with his family. Some grisly evidence is emerging at the start of the sentencing hearing for Toronto serial killer Bruce MacArthur. And a warning before we go any further, some of the details are disturbing. Okay? So according to an agreed statement of facts, Toronto police arrested MacArthur while he had a man naked and handcuffed in bed. Prosecutors say MacArthur, who pleaded guilty last week to eight counts of first-degree murder, had established a clear victim profile targeting men with ties to the city's gay community. The murders, which went unsolved for years, were deliberately planned. Folders pertaining to each of his eight victims were found on MacArthur's computer as well as a ninth folder titled John, named after the man they found tied up in the bedroom. So very likely saved his life. In Health Matters Now, the number of people diagnosed with cancer in our province is expected to spike in the next decade. The good news is improvements in treatment are increasing the survival rate. But as Linda Aylesworth reports on World Cancer Day, that will only continue if cancer research is funded. There are many ways to fight cancer. One of them, fundraising, which is what the Ride to Conquer Cancer has strived to do over the last decade, usually completing a 200-kilometer route in two days. Today, spinning in place in Victoria. 
We have a goal. We're trying to raise $100,000 each year. So far in the last two years, we're pushing close to 250000 What these riders and the many other British Columbians who generously give towards the cause accomplish is much appreciated in places like the BC Cancer Research Centre. Science drives medical progress and science costs money and we're, we're hard at it with the science but uh, we need the funding to make it happen. Dr. Aparicio's lab focuses on finding better treatments for breast cancer, using over 30,000 tissue samples collected over 30 years. There has been a dramatic change 30 or 40 years ago. Five-year survival from breast cancer was in the range of 60% at five years. We're now better than 92% at five years. There are still many breast cancers that cannot be effectively treated, and many other kinds of cancers that continue to claim lives. The statistics are staggering. One in two Canadians will face cancer in their lifetime, and in British Columbia, we have 27,000 people diagnosed with cancer each year. That number is expected to rise to 40,000 a year in the next 15 years. And so on this World Cancer Day, a request. A day like World Cancer Day just reminds us that you know we have to be hard at it, kind of uh, bringing the science to, to bring medical progress forward. I encourage people to donate. We want to make sure that we're going to get the best care possible and that we have the infrastructure to accommodate this massive growth. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Last October, you might remember, we met 13-year-old Isabella, who was slipping through the cracks in the public school system with dyslexia and learning disabilities leading to an ordeal no child should have to endure. The teachers there didn't really help me, and there was a bully that was being really mean to me. But I thought they were my friend. While still working... Variety, the children's charity, helped Isabella with funding to attend Kenneth Gordon Maplewood School, where her unique needs would be met through an individualized approach to her education. With Isabella, clinically, when we look at her profile and um, what's recommended for us, confidence comes out as the first one to overcome those anxieties and stresses, as well as the learning disability in math and some of her writing. They help me get back on focus because sometimes I start wandering. Like, oh, the lights are on today. Um, and I like math here better because now that's my favorite subject when it wasn't before. I'm really grateful that we have been blessed with the grants from Variety with this school because anything else is unimaginable. It is an excellent school. Many children and families have to endure similar ordeals in the public school system, which is why Variety is there to help. Hear more about Isabella and other students on the Variety Show of Hearts, February 10th, right here on Global BC. And Isabella will be helping us out. She is one of our co-hosts this year. The couple behind the counter of an Ontario convenience store <laughs> is famous today for the way they got a would-be thief to split. That's coming up right after the forecast. Uh, uh, I see what you did there. All right, let's check in with meteorologist Christy Gordon at the Robson Square Ice Skating Rink. Lots of people braving the cold and hitting the ice tonight, Christy. 
That's right. I'm told it's not as busy as it would normally be if it weren't so cold. A lot of people probably at home enjoying a hot chocolate right now, but it is great to see so many people out here. It's open till 9. Uh, every night, Friday and Saturdays, though, open till 11. They've got refreshments. And if you have your own skates, it's free. Otherwise, you just have to pay for the rental. Uh, let's have a look at this beautiful time lapse from earlier today. I mean, we saw the skies clear today, and it was sensational. However, earlier in the day, certainly a fair amount of cloud across the region this shot uh, from our Grouse Mountain Tower Cam. And it was that cloud that we saw over the weekend that brought just enough snow for some parts of the lower mainland. I myself got out sledding yesterday. Uh, nice to see just a little bit of snow. I miss the snow and being able to get out there with the kids and uh, become a kid, I guess, myself. Me on my crazy carpet there. All right. Temperature-wise today, so some areas reached just one degree. Vancouver, Burnaby, and White Rock, that will not be the case tomorrow. Tomorrow will likely be the coldest day we'll see so far this season, and we'll still see these strong Arctic outflow winds. There is a chance we could see some power outages again. The most concern really is the cold. Out in the Fraser Valley, we're talking about wind chills close to minus 20 in the far eastern sections up towards Whistler and the north coast. And if you're in those eastern sections from the BC Peace River, right down you're expecting wind chills closer to minus 40 or minus 45. So this is what you can expect the feels-like conditions across the province to be like overnight tonight. And you'll see those early in the morning as well, right until about 6 o'clock. Now we are going to see a little bit of relief, uh, not much. I'm talking about a titch on Thursday. So we'll warm up to about 1 degree. But then Arctic outflow returns on Saturday. And by the way, that Arctic outflow that we're seeing right now is also affecting California. Some parts of California have seen six to eight feet of snow in the mountains. There's your sunshine across the north. It is going to be cold. So we've got two days of sunshine on the way with this extremely cold conditions. I know Eastern uh, Canada is probably going, oh yeah, extremely cold. But for us, this is very cold. A high of minus two. So Wednesday, zero degrees. Thursday, one. Friday, three. So we warm up a little bit and that's when we have the chance of snow. But then it looks like we plunge back into winter over the weekend, skies clear and with temperatures drop off significantly. I'm going to attempt to skate after this, you guys. Um, so I hope everyone stay tuned for that. I'll try not to fall. <laughs> you know what? You okay. look great on the crazy carpet. I can't wait to see the expression on your face on skates. That's going to be good. <laughs> good luck, Christy. All right, a would-be robber in Ontario likely suffering a bruised ego after he was stopped by some fruit on the weekend. Can I get your signature? Sure. Mrs. Kim signing bananas for her longtime customers today, all wanting their own souvenir of Saturday night. This bunch became Kim's weapon of choice when the suspect hit her Mississauga convenience store. When he jumped on the counter, Kim's husband pushed him off and she launched a banana beating, hitting him so hard in the fruit fight that he turned and ran. It was a team effort for the Kims who'd been married for 44 years. I said to myself, I got to go see her like tomorrow, right away, <laughs> and get my banana signed, right? Husband and wife, this is the small mom and daddy store, so... So you stick together? Yeah, it have to be. Uh, she has no choice. You have to do something. Right now, very proud. And uh, one more thing, so I love her. That's so sweet. Really I'll tell is. you, the robber is lucky. It was bananas and not a durian. Hi. Hi, Squire's back with sports. Yes, I am. 
Start with the Canucks because they're on the road. Mm -hmm. One in Colorado on the weekend tonight in Philadelphia. But before we talk about the Canucks and Flyers and show you what just happened in Philadelphia, Sven Berchi did not make the trip to Pennsylvania because he was not feeling well. The Canucks won't say what's wrong with him. They did say it has nothing to do with his concussion, the one he had earlier this year. In Denver on the weekend, the Canucks were getting ready to fly to Philadelphia. He wasn't well enough to get on the plane, but apparently he might be well enough to fly back home to Vancouver. There. Gritty, shining up heads in Philadelphia. Pedersen back-checking. Uh-oh. Oh. He would leave the ice, but he'd be okay, and he would return. Okay, that's good news. Uh, Jake Vertanen. He's got a breakaway. Get your beers ready. Could be shotgun time. Nope, maybe not. Other end, Nolan Patrick. Chance for him to score. Also, iron. First goal in this game, Philadelphia, whose power play has been rather powerful of late. Sean Couturier. That's a one nothing. The Branson got turned around there. Beginning to wonder if they might deal with the Branson. He's not the kind of guy you want out there most games. That's a nice little move by Jacob Voracek, and that's a 2-0 goal. Now, the Flyers have a chance to go up 3-0 with a 3-on-none. But they blow it. And then watch what happens. Puck goes the other way. Godolbin just throws it ahead. Sutter goes after it. So does Carter Hart. He clears it, but not hard enough, and Brock Besser scores. Pardon me, Brock Besser scored from just One more look. Yep, that's easy for Besser. Now the really bad part of this game. Good pressure. Somehow Edler gets tied up, goes down, watch him go right down in his face. Oh! He's down for a while. He leaves the ice in the stretcher, but it also looks like they have something on his leg. The Canucks lose 2-1 to one in this game. They'll be in Washington tomorrow. You know, Alex Edler, he's just one of those guys who just cannot stay healthy for any length of time. He's much like Sammy Sallow was. Uh, the Whitecaps have brought in so many defenders this offseason, there is no more room for Marcel Dion. So he's no longer a Whitecap. Was with Vancouver since 2016, played in 46 games, but the Whitecaps sent him adrift, and the team right now is training down in Hawaii. So watching the Super Bowl was kind of like watching a game of full-contact chess. It was a case of the defense winning the day, and that's not always good TV, especially for the casual fan, the fan for whom the game is only there to provide funny commercials and a halftime show, which wasn't all that exciting either. The 13-3 score meant Super Bowl 53 was the lowest-rated game in 10 years. Okay, 100 people, 100 million people make that, did see it in the U.S., and in Boston, Six out of every ten homes were watching it, but still the lowest-rated Super Bowl in ten years. Biggest city with the least viewers? New Orleans. Of course. They're still mad about the missed call against the Rams. And what does this mean? It means we get to break this out again. We broke it out when Boston won the World Series last year. We break it out again, and as you can see now, this city has 12 championships since 2001. Well, golfers have always been walking billboards, company logos on their hats, their shirts, their golf bags, and for Ricky Fowler, his underwear. You won't ever see it unless he wears his underwear outside his pants, which would be a bit weird. <laughs> but one of the top golfers in the world is helping a BC company get the word out about what they make, which is underwear. 
A big win for Ricky Fowler, an even bigger win for a local BC company who's very close to Ricky. And we mean close, like skin deep tight. It was very exciting for everything, having him involved. He's been involved for a while. We just couldn't say he was. Now that he's officially part of our team, it's, it's like the excitement leading in the office, the staff, uh, reps. Everyone just can't talk enough about how great it is to have such a global ambassador. Or more like poster boy. Last month, Fowler became two under's number one underwear ambassador. The Vancouver company making initial contact a couple years ago when Fowler was first briefed on the product. He became an instant fan and is now proudly repping two under. His agents, they said that uh, they throw a lot of products in front of Ricky, and this is the first time he's ever come back and said, hey, what's going on with that underwear? Because he's such a believer in the product, which is so cool for us, right? Because obviously we're a small Canadian company. It's really hard to get a big ambassador like that. The only way you can really do it is if they love your product. Somebody's been shopping. I mean, Ricky's always had a knack for marketing. Landing someone of Fowler's stature to be the face of your product doesn't come cheap. Think six figures and then some. And Ricky's about as likable as they come. Part of winning on Sunday, two unders investment in Fowler was already paying off. Its Instagram social media presence increased by 100% the first day he signed on. Two under predicts the exact same increase for their online sales. It's a marketer's dream where product is flying off the shelves. You can't even really quantify this early how great it's going to be, but I think long-term we're, we're going to be pretty happy with it all. This is the biggest thing for 2-under. It's the biggest thing, and we're excited to make it a big thing going into the future. Here's your snow report for today. Nice to see a lot of new snow across the province. Whistler picking up 9 centimeters fresh. Grouse, 7. Cypress, 7. And Sasquatch, 12. Revelstoke picked up 2 centimeters. Manning Park, 1. And Whitewater, also 2. Big White picked up 2. Silver Star, 5 centimeters. And Sun Peaks, 3. Kicking Horse picked up 2. And Mount Washington was the winner with 17 centimeters of fresh snow. All right. So we showed... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say we're sort of calling it Super Bowl debris tonight. Well, yeah, we showed a lot of the Super Bowl commercials in advance on Friday. And i got to say, I didn't think the Super Bowl commercials were all that great this year. I mean, there were some very good ones, mm-hmm. but not... We've seen more... Not classics. ...in past, past years, like more good ones. Okay, so I chose two that we didn't get a chance to show you on Friday because we only have that kind of time. Uh, one is for Amazon, mm-hmm. yes, and the other is for Walmart, which features a lot of old cars you'll recognize. Here we go. Let's reheat pasta. Reheating pasta. It's cool, right? Yeah, I didn't know you guys put Alexa in a microwave. Yeah, we're putting her in a lot of stuff now. But trust me, there are a lot of fails. Like like what? Like... Alexa, play my podcast. When you heard that, did that surprise you? Bart seems excited. We made an Alexa dog collar for dogs. Ordering dog food. Ordering dog food. You can bark all you want. I'm not paying for any more dog food. Ordering gravy. Ordering sausages. Hey, you better cancel that order. Alexa hot tub? A sucked. Alexa, play music. Okay. And then there was the incident. Wait, that, that was you guys. I don't know, was it? (laughs) 
Powering up. Powering down. She powering says down. she's doing it, but I don't see anything. Do you? Holy. Don't stop me now. I'm not talking to you. Cause I'm having a good time. Let's see if uh, Christy survived the skate down at Robson Square. Christy? We have an ice cream right now. If I could please get so far, so good. Okay, we need like a okay. salco or something like that. Oh, she's good. I couldn't hear you. Uh, Don't they're fall. telling everyone to get off the ice, but I am finally on the ice. This is great down here. Uh, very cold tomorrow, the coldest so far this season. Back to you guys. Perfect conditions for a skate. Thank you. Good night, all.